the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So today we um, are going to look at the epistle, and this one verse, put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So the new man, we're going to talk about the new man. But in this epistle, um, the new man is, we initially look at the things we're supposed to give up. But as we read through the epistle and past the verse, the verses that were read, we actually hear what the character of the new man is. So I'm going to read that and then preach on that. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so we also must do. But of all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in one body to be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatever you do in the word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So let us kind of take a look at each of these, and then I'm going to give you a special blessing. I'm going to let St. John across that preach to you in each of these areas. So he says we're first called children of the Most High God. So, from the words of St. John in relationship to these, uh, these words here, let's listen to St. John. This indeed is the miracle of miracles. This reveals the infinite mercy, wisdom, and omnipotence of the Lord towards his creatures. He himself, the Lord of all, the infinite, the unbounded, was pleased and was able to become man that we might be saved. That the word by whom all things were made was made flesh and dwelt among us, living with men, and made like unto us, unto man, in everything sin alone accepted. So, beloved, you're children of the infinite, most high God. Just sit there for a while. There's children. He loves you takes care of you. He's with you always. He says, to the close of the age. Should that not just be enough? Should we wake up every morning and just go, thank you, Lord. For I'm your child. You care for me. You love me. You're with me every day. You, sit, you set a table before me for my salvation every day. Wow. You're children of the Most High God. So be renewed in that. Be encouraged in that. So, these other words from St. John. St. John of Kronstadt was a beautiful priest in uh, the city of Kronstadt in Russia. He was sent to Kronstadt actually to try to kind of uh, push him off. To, they didn't like him very much. So he went and converted the whole town to, <laughs> to Christianity. He served liturgy every morning to 3,000 people. 
Yes, pretty amazing. So, put on virtue. St. John says, what is grace? It's the blessed power of God given to the man who believes and has been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. This grace, beloved, that you're given by God has the power to cleanse, hallow, enlighten, and help you do all good things. It withdraws you from evil, comforts you and encourages you in misfortune, sorrows, and sicknesses. That is a pledge of everlasting blessing prepared in heaven for the chosen of God. Wow. Put on the virtues. The grace that God gives to you at holy baptism, you have this ability, this, this, this power God has given you to cleanse, to hallow, to enlighten, to help you do all good and withdraw you from all evil. That power is in you. God has given you that power. He says, put it on. Use it as a weapon. Use the virtues as weapons. Um, when pride comes at us, use the weapon of humility. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Push it away. When uh, greed comes upon you, use generosity. When uh, envy comes upon you, use contentment. You have these virtues and use them as weapons. When you feel an, an assault against you, you should immediately identify the assault and identify the virtue that can attack it. And it will defeat it every time. The virtues are eternal. The vices are temporal. The vices will go away. When the vices face the virtues, the virtues win. Sometimes you have to be a little more aggressive <laughs> with the virtues because sometimes those enemies are pretty strong. But when we learn to use the virtues as weapons, beloved, it's a very powerful thing. That grace God has given to you is a power to use those virtues against the enemies. So, to forgive one another. These words, again, from St. John. He was a wonderful saint to me when we first, when we became Orthodox, I started to read many, many things about him, and all these words have uh, been very helpful to me, and I pray today helpful to you. What would it be like, <laughs> this is really good, what would it be like if every one of us was to notice all our neighbor's offenses? <laughs> Eternal animosity and discord for who's without sin. Therefore, we are commanded to forgive all those that trespass against us, for the Lord will be extreme to mark our sins, which of us may abide in his justice. Forgive ye men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. You know, the struggle, it's a beautiful thing, because forgiveness is a very powerful weapon to maintain the bond of peace in a family, in a community. But one of the one big issues with being unforgiving is it troubles your soul. You know, I, the Lord loves us so much, he makes this a huge priority because he knows how troubled your soul will be if you hold on to animosity and bitterness against another person. He knows how troubling it will be. So for us to understand the importance of this, not just because it brings about a better relationship with the other person, but it, it, 
it brings contentment to one's own soul. So, forgive each other. It says, put on the bond of love. St. John was known for this, loving his, uh, loving his, his, his parishioners. God is long-suffering and merciful to you. This you experience many times every day. We don't sometimes even know how much they experience, but God loves us and merciful to us, and we experience this all day long. Be long-suffering and merciful to your brethren then, fulfilling the words of the apostle, who thus speaks of charity, of love before all else. Love suffers long and is kind. You desire that the Lord should gladden you by his love? Are you? Do you want the Lord to gladden you by his love? For your part, the hearts of others, then gladden the hearts of others by your love, your tenderness and your kindness. So this, this, this idea of kind of stretching ourselves out to love the other, to be kind and to be tender, you know, I would say this, you can at least be kind. You can at least be kind. Right? Oh, love is hard, being tender sometimes is hard, but you can be kind. Many times that's how you have to start, just to be kind. Kind thoughts, kind words, kind deeds. If you can't find that step to love, be kind to them. Just be kind to people, kind to your loved ones, kind to your friends, kind to your workers, co-workers. That's, that's a very powerful uh, virtue to practice, be kind, because then it brings about that loving the other. And then he talks about being, uh, let peace rule in your hearts. Seek peace and pursue it. Let me read these words from St. John 143. When my soul is filled with holy peace, then surely the King of Peace dwells within me. The Lord Jesus Christ himself with the Father and the Holy Ghost. And then above all other times, I ought to be filled with gratitude to him to endeavor with all my strength to preserve this peace within me by means of fervent prayer, by shunning every sin, whether inward or outward. So these words pursue peace. This was given to me by Mother Victoria many years ago. Um, I'll tell you the story, because it's interesting. I went there, I was reading in the Philokalia about stillness. And I went to Mother Victoria and said, Mother, I'm really interested in trying to practice stillness. And my hand was on the table, and she went, Father Nicholas, you cannot be still. He says, he says you're a father, you're a husband, you're a priest, but you can find peace. He said, stillness, she said, stillness is those that are isolated. And even somebody that visits them interrupts their stillness. Don't go after stillness, but you can practice peace. And she said this to me. You need to find it, and when you find it, you need to keep it. If you lose it, you got to go find it again. This has been the byword for me for my life. When I lose peace, I want to know why. Is it something I did? Something I want to find it again. That's my first objective. There's no other objective. I've got to find out, I've got to find that peace again. And when I have it, I've got to find a way to keep it. 
And that you've got to protect that because what does St. John say? When that peace is there, he says, then surely the king of peace dwells in you. When you find it, the reason you're at peace is because the king of peace dwells in you, the Lord Jesus Christ. So my encouragement is to really fight this, for this. Seek peace and pursue it, St. Paul says. Seek peace and pursue it. So our, our efforts need to always be in this direction. So, beloved, go after this. It's a very blessed virtue and uh, very uh, helpful in, our, in our living our, the, the beloved Christian life. So these last words, uh, be thankful. The word dwells in you richly in all things, encouraging one another. These last words, uh, I'll read them. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatever you do, do in word or deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a direct relationship to worship. These were singing to, to be encouraged, to coming together today and sharing these words together. We are encouraging each other in the Lord. So, What's St. John say about worship? This is very beautiful, very encouraging. I want you to listen carefully to this, because this is where you are. Divine, the divine liturgy is truly a heavenly service on earth. Where are you now? You're in heaven in which God himself, in particular, immediate and most close manner and present and dwells with men, for he himself is the invisible celebrant of the service. He's both the offerer and the offering. This is an earth, this on earth, nothing is higher, nothing is greater, nothing is more holy, than the liturgy. Nothing more solemn, nothing more life-giving. The liturgy is the supper, the table of God's love toward mankind. Around the Lamb of God, on the paten, all are at this time, all are at this time assembled. The living, the dead, the holy, the sinful, the church above, and the church below. What you come to? We should flee to this place. We should every, take every opportunity to be here. We should never forsake it. It's a powerful, powerful place. So when we come to church, we need to kind of step, you know, we, when we walk in, we're to lay aside all earthly cares. Why? Because you're leaving earth. You're leaving earth. You know, there's so many, you know, uh, Star Wars and Holy, uh, Harry Potter and all these Marvel comic heroes. They hold nothing to this. There's nothing greater than this. You flock to those things. You love those things. You look at those things. You come here. The reality of heaven, where I'm celebrating with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the angels are here. All the saints that have gone before us are here. The living and the departed. Wow. So beloved, 
This is really a beautiful thing. We've been given such a blessing. So put on the new man who was renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. This is our effort, beloved. May God bless us in all that we do and say, and may he continue to guide and guard us in our journey with each other to the heavenly places. Amen.